Welcome to the Clear Impact Podcast, brought to you by PGTI University. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Sherry Connor, and I am your host. You know, Albert Einstein, he says that if I were given one hour to solve a problem, I'm going to take 59 minutes to define the problem and one minute to solve it. So yeah, I mean, uh, clearly defining the problem statement is extremely important. Running a successful business means that you keep an eye on quality, which is our topic on today's Clear Impact podcast. We are chatting with Sadir Rao, our Senior Quality Manager. We cover a range of topics from how to establish standards for quality, pride in our work, root cause analysis, and we even talk about just being nice. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Clear Impact podcast. Today, we are in the series Running a Successful Business. And one of the things that I know most people strive for is having high quality. And so our guest today is Sudhir Rao. Is that how I say your name? You got it right. Sudhir Rao. And Sudhir is our Senior Quality Manager. So welcome to the show, Sudhir. Thank you. It's so good to have you here. Why don't you tell folks a little bit about your background and your history and maybe how you landed here at PGT Innovations? Yeah, sure. I've uh, worked in quality all my life, roughly around 20 years in manufacturing and quality. Lived in Texas for a long time and moved to Florida two and a half years ago. So this is my first venture into Florida and in the construction industry. Uh, My background is mostly automotive and in oil and gas, you know, but I do live and breathe quality. I went to uh, NC State, North Carolina State University, so I'm an Ulfpak. Member of uh, ASQ, American Society for Quality. So, you know, certified quality engineer, certified quality manager, certified Six Sigma black belt. Bottom line, you know, I enjoy problem solving. I enjoy listening to customers. I enjoy taking customer feedback and working with operations working with, with our suppliers to drive product and process improvements. So that's my background. That's awesome. And you don't even have the slightest Texas accent. I'm so surprised. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you do say y'all though, right? I mean, that's kind of, of a thing. You of have course. to say y'all. Of course I do. So my, my joke is I have an Amish accent. You have an Amish accent. <laughs> so here's, here's a question to know if you really did live in Texas. Do you know what the plural of y'all is? Uh, y'alls. All y'all. <laughs> All okay. y'all is the plural of y'all. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So I know that obviously everybody wants to have quality workmanship, quality products. It's been said that anything worth doing is worth doing right the first time. And that can be challenging for a lot of reasons. So how can a dealer keep pushing for excellence for having quality product and service in, in the face of obstacles? Yeah, I think the key thing here is, uh, you know, it's important for us to always uh, challenge the status quo, right? I mean, strongly believe in continuous improvement. And here in manufacturing, right, we talk about lean, we talk about Six Sigma, right? And when you talk about lean, you're talking about focusing on what is adding value for your customer, right? That's where we should be focusing on. And when we focus on value, you're giving to the customer exactly what he or she wants on time. Mm -hmm. So both delivery and quality is extremely important for our customer. And if you can focus on these two things, it's as good as doing it right the first time. And I say this to my team all the time, to our operations team. When you get a product, it's important for you to look at the product. You know, just make sure that it is meeting fit, form, and function before you pass it on to the next stage. So a common phrase, you know, I use is don't accept 
a defect from your previous process and when you get something look at it make sure it's good and don't pass it on if it is bad mm-hmm. the key thing to remember here is don't accept a defect don't make a defect and for heaven's sake don't pass on the defect to the next process which could be your customer the key thing here is is to focus on continuous improvement and all these things should be done by being nice right uh, the the phrase i tell my team here is it's nice to be important but it's even more important to be to be nice and there is no need to have conflicts there is no need to lose your cool mm-hmm. all these things can be done through constructive dialogue and with the end user which is our customer in mind mm-hmm. and that can be tricky because you know how do you know if it's if it's right or wrong like how do you evaluate quality is is there a standard to measure everything against and maybe how that's communicated so that everyone's on the same page with what is and what isn't acceptable is it subjective or is it objective like how do you determine quality well uh, i absolutely feel and believe that quality is quantifiable it can be argued that you know common customer complaints we tend to see is scratches on glass right people say it's very subjective but there are tools available to quantify those customer complaints or defects right mm-hmm. there's a reason why we have we have nfrc right national fenestration ratings council and the intent behind nfrc is to drive continuous improvement right it's focused on doors and windows and the intent behind those gold labels right those ama labels that we put on our product is to ensure that we make the highest quality product for our customers right ama stands for you know american architectural manufacturers association right mm-hmm. those labels express value Mm. I've heard a couple of customers say some of your products don't have labels and and it's just that it was missing when the customer received it for some reason. Mm. So I know our customers understand the importance of having these labels because they add value to the product that we are building, right? right? And likewise, we also have several ASTM specifications, you know, American standards for testing materials when we build say an assembly, when we mill some components. So there are some standards that we need to follow. There are ASTM specifications for glass, there's an ASTM specification for the aluminum extrusion, there's ASTM specification for vinyl products and it's important for us to follow those specifications because they are standards that we are supposed to enforce right so the main thing here is to enforce quality to drive quality we need to have standards mm-hmm. and that's the classic definition of a problem right what's a problem a problem is a deviation from the standard mm. and many times we tend to have issues because of three reasons either we don't have a standard number 2 we don't follow the standard we have standards but we don't follow it or number 3 the standards are inadequate as long as we can ensure that the standards are being followed and we follow the right process we should be able to evaluate quality so i don't think quality is 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 subjective there's definitely science there's definitely math behind quality and uh, i don't want to touch a little bit on workmanship pride it's important right i mean a lot of people come into work and they just mechanically perform their activities and then they leave for the day a little bit of workmanship pride you know making sure that we are assembling it or building it 
with our customers in mind mm-hmm. will go a long way to dramatically improve the quality of our products you know uh, there's a common phrase out there right a bad system or a bad process will beat a good person all the time mm. and this is a phrase that was said many 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 decades ago by a quality thinker his name is deming you know he's he's considered to be one of the gurus in the world of quality and i think it still holds true mm. till date so just to summarize you know following standards making sure that we have some workmanship pride these two things will dramatically help improve the quality no matter what industry you work for right because i know i've heard it said you can have price you can have speed or you can have quality but you can't have all three And so it's usually pick two. <laughs> uh, well, if you want it if you want it cheap and you want it fast, it's not going to be great. If you want it great and you want it fast, it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> I don't think you have to choose only two of those three. I think if you do have the right systems and everybody is on the same page in terms of what the goals are, I think you can achieve all three. I think it's miraculous when you do achieve all three and I think that's really what separates one player in a space from their competition is if you can nail all three of those quality and speed and price. Absolutely. I think all three are equally important, right? Be sure to tune in for upcoming episodes to help you understand the fenestration industry, what you need to know when buying windows and doors, and other related topics. You can find out more about us at pgtiuniversity.com. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. I mean, if you look at our visual boards here on the production floor, we use the term PSQDC, right? The focus should be on the people, people first, and then the second thing should be on safety, right? safety mm-hmm. is is a high priority for us and then you focus on quality after that it's delivery and cost so if you can focus on these five key words right people safety people safety quality quality delivery delivery cost and cost everything else is going to follow after that right so these these five things are extremely important whether it is manufacturing you know it, it can be manufacturing windows you're building a car you know you're working on an oil rig you're building a you know a laptop these five things are very fundamental to quality mm that's excellent i don't know that i ever really paid attention to what those things were i don't go on the floor i just walk the mezzanine where it's safe i don't have to wear special shoes on the mezzanine i think it's a great practice for everybody you know whether it's the customer or whoever it is to walk the floor because the, the japanese term for walking the floor is called gamba walks right so gamba means you go and see whenever there's a problem the first thing you need to do is go to the scene of crime you know mm-hmm. go see exactly what the problem is in many instances what happens is you know customer says broken glass or customer says damaged frame that's not good enough for us to solve a problem it's mm-hmm. important for us to get additional details and then what better way to understand the details other than you know simply going on the floor Right. and looking at it first hand right. you always tend to understand a lot by walking onto the floor and looking at the actual events unfolding in front of you mm-hmm. that's excellent what can a dealer do to elevate their quality if that's needed or you know maybe their quality is great maybe things are just singing along and they're not having any problems they're not having any issues or they're very small very minor how can they how can they make sure it stays like that what are some things that they can do to ensure that their quality remains high i always say this quality is in the eye of the beholder okay. right some people love their hundeis uh, some people you know i personally like my toyota 
your task, right? My wife, she's a big Ford fan. She loves her Ford. So it really depends on what the customer wants. I want to bring the word BMW as well because I don't want to humiliate the BMW fans there. So right. yeah, it really depends on what exactly the customer wants. And even a butterfly, it looks pretty from far away, but when you hold a magnifying lens close to it, you know, it has its unique drawbacks, right? So really it depends on what the customer wants. That's the key thing here. And, you know, I go back to my, the thing I said before, our job is to enforce standards. You know, a mm-hmm. uh, problem is basically a deviation from the standard. Mm, that sounds like calculus or statistics when you deviate from the standards. Uh, st- standards can be, you know, I'll give you a simple example, right? I mean, you, you're supposed to go at 70 miles per hour. That's your standard. Yes, granted, some people go at 75 miles per hour. But if you're deviating from that, then there is a problem. You mm-hmm. may get pulled over, right? Mm-hmm. You have a stop sign. You're supposed to stop, not go. Mm-hmm. Or it's not supposed to be a rollover stop, right? Mm-hmm. It's a standard. You're supposed to follow the standards. You obey the traffic laws. You're as good as following the standards. So if you don't follow the traffic rules, we have a problem, mm-hmm. right? So, so standards need not necessarily mean, you know, a number. It can be something that is visual, you as well, right? So standards are everywhere and it did not necessarily be numbers. The key thing to remember here is we need to follow standards. Okay. And if we don't follow standards, it's going to be a problem. Okay. And when there's a problem, our customers are not happy. Right. So that's the key thing to remember here, right? And I also want to touch a little bit on workmanship pride. No matter how trivial the task, how easy the job is, it's important for us to do it with pride. Mm-hmm. Right. My boss sometimes comes to me and say, hey, I want you to put this report together for me. It's a simple report. Understand that. But it's important for me to do it Do it right. Mm-hmm. Right. So doing it right the first time, just like you said before, is important as well. And all these things can be done if you have a good problem statement. Right. A problem statement should be, you know, I, I say this quite a bit. It should be a positive statement that mm-hmm. describes the customer's pain points. Right. Right. Okay. So a common way to define the problem statement is to use the four W's and the two H's. So it's who defined the problem, what is the problem, when did the problem occur, and where did the problem occur, right? That's okay. the four W's. Okay. And then you have your two H's. How did the problem occur and how many? So every problem statement should have these six things. Okay, so it's the who, what, what where, where, when, when how, and how and many. How many. Yeah. Okay. So if you have these six things, your problem statement is very obvious to everybody. And once you know the problem statement, root cause analysis becomes that much easier. You know, Albert Einstein, he says that if I were given one hour to solve a problem, I'm going to take 59 minutes to define the problem and one minute to solve it. Mm. So yeah, I mean, uh, clearly defining the problem statement is extremely important mm. because that's going to help you with your root cause analysis. That's awesome. I know I'm solving all the world's problems through education. Well, education is important too, right? I mean, Patrick Jameson is doing a fantastic job with all the dealer education and training is, you know, once you have standards, the next step is to train everybody to follow those standards. Right. Right. It's not possible to train anybody if you don't have standards. Right. It's also not possible to train people if they already think they know what they're doing. That is right. So it's a good point. Uh, If you look at the problem statement, right, a good problem statement does not include the why. Why is part of root cause analysis. A good problem statement only includes the four W's and the two H's. Gotcha. Okay. And then once we have the problem statement, then the next step is for us to do a comprehensive root cause analysis, right? The root cause analysis is focused on why did this problem escape from our building 
mm-hmm. and then why did this problem occur right. right it's more focused on trying to eliminate the disease the root of the crux of the issue here right instead and of just treating the symptom or putting a bandaid on it to find out why did that happen in the first place exactly um so let's talk a little bit about root cause analysis what is an example that you could give us of that there are many examples of course there are there are several uh, industry specific examples as well but the one example that i think is probably going to stand out is we all know about the jefferson memorial right in in washington dc mm-hmm. you know this is a classic example the, the jefferson memorial was disintegrating and uh, the team decided to perform a a 5i analysis which is one of the most common tools for root cause analysis so you ask why five, five times five times so like a 2 year old pretty much okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i have one of those yeah. i have one is a grandson but i have a 2 year old so yeah. you ask why five times in in fact you can use the 5y process to solve any problem whether it is at work or even at home oh okay why not Oh, I'm going to try that. So, so how did that apply in the Jefferson Memorial? What was happening? Yeah, so the Jefferson Memorial was disintegrating. So, the first question you ask is why was it disintegrating, right? The answer is they were using harsh chemicals. Okay. So, why were they using harsh chemicals? They were using harsh chemicals to clean pigeon poop. Right? Okay. So, why were there so many pigeons? Because they were eating spiders and there was a lot of spiders in the monument. Mm. So the next thing is why were there so many spiders, right? Well, because spiders love gnats, flies, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of flies around there. So then why so many flies? Because the flies are attracted to light at dusk in the evening, right? So the solution here in this case was, you know, the they decided to delay turning on the spotlight mm. by 1 hour after sunset. And what this did was the gnat population went down by 90%. Wow. And when the population went down by 90%, the food chain was broken. This less spiders, less spiders, less pigeon poop, less pigeon poop, less washings, less washings, less chemicals. So that basically solved the problem. Less disintegration. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So usually what happens is, you know, when people think the Jefferson Memorial is disintegrating, usually they focus on just the symptoms. Something is going wrong, so they use the chemicals and they start cleaning it up. So when you do the 5Y analysis, what this does is this forces you to go deeper and try to identify the true root cause, which in this case was excessive flies getting attracted to light. Mm. So if you had not done the five wise if you had not asked why five times mm-hmm. you would have probably continued to use harsh chemicals and the memorial would have continued to disintegrate mm. so asking five why i think is very important and it's subjective you know i mean your five why may be different than mine mm. and i think it's okay right you know it's possible for us to reach different conclusions through our five why analysis mm-hmm. the goal here is to look at every root cause that we identify and then put actions in place to correct it so those problems don't occur again right that's so smart but you know the key thing here is you just need to keep keep chugging along right i mean it, it's the actions that matter you keep following the process keep implementing the process keep performing your actions results will automatically follow mhm that should be the motto i believe that i believe that wholeheartedly mm-hmm. I appreciate your time today, Sudhir. Thank you for joining us today and giving us some 
tools that we can use when we're evaluating quality and how to dig down and find out why things aren't working and when they aren't. Have an awesome afternoon. Thank you very much. Take care. PGTI University is the customer education team for an entire family of brands. We began with the original Easy Breeze porch and closure line, then became PGT, America's leading brand of impact-resistant windows and doors. We then added CGI, CGIC, Windor, Western Windows, New South Windows, and Echo Windows and Doors. We create products built to withstand major storms, keeping people safe, secure, and prepared. Our exceptional brands give you the protection you need without compromising design or functionality. PGTI University is here to educate you, our listener, so that you can be a more informed consumer of window and door products. Thank you.